Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. I think I'm going to just start in Luke, the 13th chapter tonight. Um, but before I do that, I want to remind you of Galatians 3. Um, in Galatians 3, it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Um, we talked this morning about the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis 15. And when they're walking in between the sacrifices and they're, they're making these figure eights and they're speaking to each other, right? Um, they're making promises, right? God makes a promise and he talks to Abraham about blessing that's going to come into his life, right? Now, also notice that it mentions here that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right. Now, the curse of the law, by the way, is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And Jesus redeemed you from everything that's in that curse. Now, the curse of the law would come on anyone who didn't fulfill the law. Now, how many know that's all of us? Right. Uh, Romans 3, 20 says that no one has ever been made right with God by obeying the law. We've all blown it at some point. So that curse could come upon any of us, but Christ redeemed us from that curse. I wanted to read just a little bit about the curse here. It mentions in the 20th verse that there'll be confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you're destroyed and you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings. The Message Bible mentions vexation, rashes, seizures, confusion, panic, and dysentery. Verse 21 in the New King James says, Pestilences will cleave to you from which you cannot be healed. Other translations in that verse mention consumption, fever, and infections. Verse 27 mentions boils, hemorrhoids, uh, incurable diseases, skin rashes, senility, insanity, blindness, fear, panic, tumors, ulcers, consumption, which is uh, cancer. Um, you're unable to find your way. You can't become successful in your life. There's 35 again mentions boils, malignant, incurable sores, perpetual plagues on you and your ch children, generational sicknesses are all part of the curse. And also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book. <laughs> just, just in case it missed whatever you've got. <laughs> so, so it's all that are written in the book and then all that are not written in the book. So how many remember what that would mean? That means all of them. All right. Now Christ has redeemed you. He has redeemed you from the curse. In other words, none of those sicknesses have any legal right in your body. Right. But remember, the devil, he's a thief. 
He is a thief and he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if we'll let him, he will steal our health. He'll destroy our bodies. Uh, Luke chapter 13 in verse 10 says, Now he was teaching in the synagogue on one of the Sabbaths. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the root cause of sickness. Um, some people really believe that God sends sickness. The Bible does not teach that. In fact, the Bible teaches the opposite of that. Um, in fact, if, if you really believe that sickness came from God and it's a blessing, uh, I, I would have a couple questions for you. Uh, first would be, why do you go to get the best surgeon in town to cut it out of you? And why don't you pray for more <laughs> if it's supposed to be a blessing? Because it's not. So this woman had a spirit of infirmity. Now, not every sickness is a spirit, but it can, at times, it can be. And she was bent over and could no way raise herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, when, when uh, it comes to healing, there has to be a point where you stop believing it's going to happen and you believe I receive. Right? It can be when hands are laid on you, like with this woman. It can be when a prayer is prayed and amen is said. It can be when you're anointed with oil. But there has to be a point where you say, right now, I believe I receive. Right? Because everything we receive from God we receive, first of all, spiritually. Right? With the heart, man believes. Where do you believe? You believe with the heart, right? So we believe with the heart before we see it, right? So everything that we receive from God, whether it's salvation, whatever it is, first of all, you believe it and you receive it on the inside. It's a spiritual thing. And then it manifests itself in the, in the, the natural realm. Uh, I don't see Diane right now. Um, she was, she was finding a translation for me this past week, but it says faith is giving substance is giving substance to the things that we hope for. Right? So not what we typically want is we don't really want healing. We want miracles. We want something that is instantaneous, right? That's not the normal way. It can happen that way, but that's not the normal way that it happens. Jesus said, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's a recovery process that's the most normal way. Now, things can be instantaneous. Don't get me wrong, they can be. But so often, if we don't see it instantaneously, we just assume, well, I didn't get it. Or I just got a little bit. But we need to keep the, the switch of faith turned on. Right? Keep your faith turned on. Right? So when Jesus saw her, he called to himself and said, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath and said to the crowd, there's six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered and said to him, hypocrite, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his, his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman 
being a daughter of Abraham. Now, why should healing belong to her? Because she is a daughter of Abraham, right? That's why healing should belong to her. And I want you to remember, if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? As sure as she ought to be healed because she's a daughter of Abraham, you ought to be healed because you're a daughter of Abraham or you're a son of Abraham. It belonged to her, not because of some particular spiritual, spiritual level that she had obtained. It belonged to her because she was a daughter of Abraham. And it goes back to that covenant in Genesis chapter 15, where God the Father and God the Son walked through pieces together and made promises to each other and made a covenant. It belongs to you. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Where does sickness and disease come from? It does not come from God. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Ultimately, every sickness, every disease goes back to when Satan came into this world, when Adam and Eve bowed their knee to Satan. In fact, notice that Jesus says here, whom Satan has bound. Jesus calls sickness bondage. He doesn't call it a blessing. And by the way, in Acts 10, 38, it says those... Jesus is healing those who were oppressed of the devil. Right? So Jesus, in that, in that context, is referred to as oppression. In Job, the 42nd chapter, when God brings healing to Job, it says that he turned the captivity of Job. So we find that sickness is an oppression, that it's bondage, that it's captivity. And in Deuteronomy 28, it's called a curse. None of those things are good. So sickness and disease did not originate in heaven. It isn't the will of God for us. In Matthew chapter 15, it says when Jesus was from, from there and departed the region of Tyre and Sidon, behold, a woman from Cana of that region cried out to him saying, Lord, have mercy on me, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away. She cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, here's what he's saying. I'm sent to the covenant people. I'm sent to Abraham's seed. And she came to worship him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread. Children of who? Abraham's children. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, well, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, he said, 
woman, mega is your faith. This literally, literally the, in, in the Greek, he said, mega is your faith. This, I like to refer to her as mega faith woman, mega faith woman. All right. She wasn't even part of the covenant, right? But she believed, right? Now, again, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? Jesus said that for those of us that are believers, healing is the children's bread, the children of Abraham. If you're a child of Abraham, Jesus saying healing belongs to you. And boy, this woman, she just wouldn't give up. Mega faith woman. I love that. Mm. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Um, you need, to, you need to, to believe and know that it's God's will to heal you. And that's what I'm trying to really get across to you today is that it is God's will for you. And because you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and the children's bread is yours. And you ought to be healed just like that Luke 13 woman ought to be healed because she was a daughter of Abraham. You ought to be healed. Right? You ought not stay sick. Right? You ought to be healed. Healing is part of redemption. It is part of redemption. In Isaiah 53, the fourth verse, it says, Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Uh, that's our, our King James Version. Uh, Dr. Isaac Lesser says it like this. But only our diseases did he bear himself. In our pains he carried now, by the way, Dr. Isaac Lesser, a uh, Jewish man, tremendous Hebrew scholar, Marshall translation says, surely our diseases did he bear and our pains he carried. Roth's translation, yet surely our sicknesses he carried. And as for our pains, he carried the burden of them. Now, it's interesting that our King James Version uses griefs and sorrows where the Hebrew words are actually almost always translated diseases and pains. But fortunately, we can let the Holy Spirit do our translating for us, right? Because in the New Testament, we find this, this very same verse taken and given again. So in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the Spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. Notice when it was demonic, he cast a spirit out. When it was just sickness, he healed the sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses in the same way that he took our sins. The Bible says he took our sicknesses. In Matthew chapter 8, in the first verse, Jesus has just finished the, the great Sermon on the Mount. And he's coming down from the mountain. And it says, Behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. 
this is where most Christians are today. Most, if, if you're a Christian, you say, oh, God can do anything. He, he can do, God can do anything. Nobody wonders what God can do. He can do anything. But everybody's question is, what does he want to do? Right? What does he want to do? Now, if you look at the four Gospels, you see Jesus heals multitudes, multitudes of people. But there's only 19 individual people, individual cases that are talked about. 19 individual cases. Right? And each one of them has a really important lesson for us. And here's one of those 19 individual cases. Right? So this man says, I know you can. I just don't know if you want to. How many of you know a lot of people in that exact same condition? They know God can, but they just don't know if God wants to do it. Right? So he comes to Jesus. He says, man, if, if you want to, he said, you could heal me. Now, by the way, I would rather have somebody doubt my ability than my willingness. How about you? Someone who needed help. Would you rather have them doubt your ability or your willingness? But Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing. My favorite translation says this, of course I will. <laughs> of course I will. Be clean. And immediately he was cleansed. In Matthew 14, 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent into all that surrounding regions and brought to him all who were sick. They went into all the surrounding region and they brought to him all who were sick and begged that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as it touched were made perfectly whole. All right. So here's what they didn't do. They went into all the region and they brought everybody. All right. So they didn't find somebody and go, ooh, Lord, ooh, is it your will to heal them? Ooh, or should we leave them here? Ooh, what do you want to do? Ooh, Lord, what shall we do? Ooh, shall we leave them here? Ooh, or shall we bring them to Jesus? Ooh. But a lot of times people, I just don't know what God wants to do. All right. Now notice they went to the whole region and they brought everybody. They brought everybody. All right. Now, honestly, that is the only way that faith can work. If, if God was only going to save certain people, you couldn't have faith to be saved. Because I'll tell you exactly what your mind would tell you. You're one of those that's not going to be. It's not, will, it's not God's will for you. In fact, let's just suppose right now that there's uh, 250 people here, okay? And I said, I'm going to give $100 to every single person here. And here I've got a stack of $100 bills like this big. Now, if you believe that I'm honest and you can see I'm able, you can have faith. But if I said, I'm going to give 
$100 to 90% of the people here. Well, you'd go, I hope I'm going to get it. But you couldn't know you were going to get it. You couldn't have faith that you were going to get it. If salvation was only for certain people and other people couldn't be saved, you couldn't have faith to be saved. And the same thing is true when it comes to healing. If healing is only for certain people, then we could hope we we're going to get healed, but we couldn't believe we were going to get healed. Now, it's interesting in 19, these 19 individual cases, in 10 cases, it mentions the person's faith. In six more of the cases, you can see their faith. You can see their faith because faith is so often the missing ingredient. In Mark chapter five, when the woman comes up to touch Jesus' garment, she's had a, an, an issue of blood for 12 years. And she said, if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. She touches his garment. She feels healing power flow into her. And remember, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. She touched that garment. She felt that power go into her. Jesus felt the power leave him. He turned around and he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, look, there's a multitude. What are you talking about? And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me because I felt the power go out. And she came and she said, this is what happened. And Jesus said, go in peace. Your faith, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. There were a lot of people that were touching Jesus, but they didn't have their faith turned on. When her faith was turned on, it made a demand on that anointing that was on him and it flowed into her and it brought healing. Now, healing is part of the gospel. It's part of the kingdom of God, right? In uh, Acts chapter 14 and verse seven, it says, and there they preached the gospel. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb who'd never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. And Paul, observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now, a couple things. Notice what they, what did they preach there? The gospel. They preached the gospel. Now, faith comes by hearing. Comes by hearing. When, when I used to teach in a Bible college, this is what we tell our students. I said, you get what you preach. You preach on salvation, people receive faith to be saved. You preach on healing, people receive faith to be healed. You preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and people receive faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul is preaching the gospel there. But when this man listens to him, he receives faith to be healed. So what was Paul preaching on? He was preaching on healing. And, and I don't know what your Bible says, but right on top of this, in, in the Bible that I normally use, it says Paul heals crippled man. Well, that's crazy. Paul did not heal him. That man had faith to be healed. All Paul did was saw he had faith to be healed. Right? Now, here's the thing. He had faith to be healed, but was he healed yet? 
No, he had faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed. Not yet. Because he hadn't turned his faith loose. Right? You can have faith to be healed, but if you don't at some point say, I believe now. Right? And it can be instantaneous or it can be a process. But there has to be the point where you stop saying it's going to happen. And you say, now I believe. Matthew 4. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. He's preaching what? The gospel of the, of the kingdom and healing all that are sick. Jesus gets his 12 disciples together and he said, go and preach, Matthew 10. The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you receive, and freely give. Now, whenever the Bible talks about the kingdom of God and going out and preaching, it always talks about healing as well. In Matthew 12, it says, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And the multitude were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said, every kingdom divided itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself and how will his kingdom stand? But if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they'll be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the, by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has come upon you. You know, we are told to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And part of that gospel is to minister to the sick. When Jesus sent out the 70, he said, heal the sick that are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. And of course, in Mark 16, he said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. The list begins with they'll cast out demons and it ends with they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. James 5, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. If he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. And the Lord will raise him up. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly. So join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.